Romans 16, 1-27 I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Kentria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epenetus, who was the first convert to the Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampiliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Statius. Greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who beloved to the house of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work very hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother who has been a mother to me, too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learnt. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus will be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my relatives. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cortus, sends you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you by my, by my gospel and for the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ago past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Is, can you all hear me okay? Everyone comfortable? Um, how good was that game? <laughs> I think you guys have excelled yourself this time. That was amazing. And it definitely illustrates the point well, actually, of us as a church family. So thanks very much to the team for that. Um, <clears throat> my name is John. I am one of that 
congregation, uh, well, I'm one of the congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ, but also more specifically of St. Mary's here in Basingstoke. I'm also uh, one half of John and Rachel Redbond, the better half of which is sitting just over there at the back behind the pillar. Some brownie points for me there. Um, Now, uh, I wonder if I asked you guys uh, what you think a church should look like, what image you would have in your mind. I'll give, give you a second to ruminate that thought. And then I wonder if perhaps it might be one of these images here. My guess, probably, I wouldn't get any money for guessing this, would be the top left, because, well, not just because it's St. Mary's, but also because that's a kind of quintessential English rural church that might feel more familiar to us. The others might seem less familiar. They're churches around the world. So, you know, which has got it right? What should a church look like? Well, hold that thought for the moment because um, we have been in, thanks guys, we've been in the, uh, the end of the book of Romans the last few weeks looking uh, at, at this true series. And this is from uh, and a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church, one of the early churches, which is in Rome. Um, and we've reached the end of uh, this chapter now, uh, sorry, the end of this letter now, we're in chapter 16. And you'd be forgiven, and by the way, I should just say, uh, as, as Paul would, um, please greet my sister Miriam for reading that passage, and kudos for the names, because <laughs> that was not an easy one to read, so uh, yeah, that was brilliant. But you'd be forgiven when you hear that, that for, just think it's a bit of a skip-over chapter, you know, he's kind of name-dropping a bunch of his mates, and then saying, you know, goodbye. But actually, Paul is showing this Roman church and as a result, us, just what a church looks like. Now, maybe you're thinking, really? Like it's just a bunch of names? Like where's the schematics? Where's the, uh, you know, the layout? Where's all the acacia wood that you get in the Old Testament? Um, well, you can see, first of all, from verse 5, greet at the church that meets in their house. They didn't greet and meet in churches. Back then, it was more like what we would think of a house group now. So um, straight away we see, don't we, that it is not about the building, it is about the congregation, the church is the people. But that might not be a new idea to you guys. That's probably something, that's something I heard a lot at church growing up. Um, Paul is going deeper than that here, and he uh, is showing the Roman church, and so us, um, how the church comes together, how the church stays together, and how and why it grows. So, how it comes together, first of all. Well, the details is in this list. It might seem strange, um, but I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight some things for you about this list. And the names are important. They give us a real mix of race, rank, and gender, which is you know, a, a glorious thing in of itself. But I'm not going to focus too much on that. I'm not going to take you through the names one by one, don't worry. Um, what I want to do is just focus for a moment on what is in between the names. So have a look at the passage with me, and I'll highlight some things that, that I've highlighted in my copy of Romans here. Um, fellow workers in Christ, risked their lives for me. Dear friend, worked very hard. In prison with me in Christ. Dear friend in the Lord, fellow worker in Christ. Fidelity to Christ, work hard for the Lord. Work very hard for the Lord. My mo- uh, mother to me too, brothers and sisters. You kind of start to get the picture, don't you, that this is, this is really like a, a church community Um, A family, even, working hard for one another. A diverse community working hard for one another, united by the gospel. And, of course, we've been looking at 
that gospel. Paul's been looking at it in Romans. Um, and one of the things which uh, Rob uses to highlight that the tone that he sets for these last few chapters is Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 1. So we'll read that again. I've got it on the screen for you here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So that kind of set the tone, and that's the gospel that they're responding to, and that's what Paul is showing us here in this diverse community of people working hard for one another. Well, um, we've also been seeing in the the last sort of chapters that we've been looking through um, in this True series, uh, a little bit about this, and I'll, we'll kind of do a little bit of a recap. So the, true, the T was for true worship, which Rob took us through. That was the, uh, the passage that we've just looked at, kind of giving your life as a, uh, an offering. Then the R was true love, which Andrew Redbond, otherwise known as Dad to me, took us through, uh, which is yeah, living together in, in one body in love. And then um, Tim took us through the U, which was uh, true life which was all about living in obedience. And then um, we had the E was true strength, which was, um, yes, strength together in faith. And then we kind of ran out of letters. Did anyone notice that? It kind of just went unnoticed. But yeah, anyway, we ran out of letters. So last week was true ambition, which was um, taking the gospel out, our ambition to take the gospel out. And then tonight, and I don't get a letter either, but that's okay, I'm not bitter. Uh, it's, tonight is true service, and basically that true service is exactly what Paul's showing us here, is what it's like to live uh, and work in the church. Um, and we also had these, these true cards. I don't know if you guys are here this week, if this is your first time with us, and welcome. Um, you might not have seen these, but what we did was um, they were left on our chairs, weren't they? And then we all wrote a little bit about ourselves and a little passage. And then these were left on the chairs the following week, and the idea was that you look up the person that you're, you're, whose card you've found. Maybe you guys are still doing this now. This has actually got some writing on it. Um, yeah, so, um, and what that did was really gave us that impression of this community of people working hard for one another um, and for Christ and looking to make that connection. So that really speaks to us. I think it's really about asking not what St. Mary's can do for you, but what you can do for St. Mary's. And I think if that's, that's in your mindset, that's what Paul's showing us here. And the great thing about what Paul shows us here is, as I showed you those pictures at the beginning, whilst it might seem like church looks different in different parts of the world, even different parts of the country, actually, that's because that diverse community working hard for each other and for Christ, that, is, that translates wherever it goes. So um, I've got some pictures of some these are some church families that are known to St. Mary's, um, or can, which St. Mary's are even connected with. And we've got India, Kenya, Uganda, and Argentina, and of course, Goat Lane, Basingstoke on the top right. And it looks very different, doesn't it? A church service, like wherever you are in the world. But the fact is, is that's the wonderful thing about Christianity, that's the wonderful thing about our global church, is that it doesn't matter where you are, in Basingstoke, Africa, or Latin America... This diverse community is is cross-cultural. And I want to take a moment just to really appreciate that because I just, I don't know about you guys, but I find that amazing. And um, in fact, the Jesus movement is the most culturally and ethnically diverse people movement in the world. And the Jesus movement is is exactly the movement that we're involved in. Tim Keller actually used it um, in his book, um, The Reason for God, 
as, as evidence of Christianity, and he described it as Christianity, more than any other religion in the world, has been able to infiltrate so many radically different cultures. And yeah, it's really encouraging for us. And it's truly biblical as well, because Paul talks about it in Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Don't worry, you don't have to look it up. I'll read it for you. Uh, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So you see, it really gives you that that impression of this, this, uh, this church. We're no longer foreigners and strangers, doesn't matter where we're from or what our demographic so Christianity is this really, um, yeah, this really culturally adaptable um, collection that we're in. But it's also quite culturally different. But I know that that might seem a bit contradictory. So I want to come back to that point. So I'm going to put a flag in that point, okay? I'm going to plant a flag right there. That's our uh, culturally um, different flag, okay? Don't let me forget that flag. That's really important. So we'll come back to that. Um, so, Because I want to look at where this leaves us in St. Mary's, our diverse community working hard for each other in response to the gospel. Where does that sit in Goat Lane, Basingstoke, in, um, in, in the middle of a, all these COVID restrictions that we have as well? I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of masks, effectively, and that's still strange even a year on. Um, well, I want you to look with me, if you would, at verse 16, and you will truly think that I've lost my mind. <laughs> verse 16, it says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't know if you picked that up in the reading. Now, straight away, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, John, Boris has just told us we can hug from tomorrow. He hasn't mentioned anything about kissing. Uh, And actually, John, do you know what? I wasn't particularly comfortable with kissing people before her COVID restrictions. And that's fine, because actually, um, there's a a commentator called J.B. Phillips, no relation. Um, He paraphrased this for the West as... Give each other a hearty handshake all round. Which just kind of feels much more comfortable for us. Except for the fact that we can't actually even shake hands at the moment. In fact, Joe, you even said to me, didn't you, last week, that uh, you feel more comfortable with the idea of hugging someone now than you do shaking their hand. Which is so true. That's all the, you know, all the happy birthdays done for us, I think. That's the, the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I think there's a really serious point for us here, post-COVID now, because... It would be remiss of me not to mention that tomorrow things start to lighten a bit, don't they? We can start going in people's houses and stuff. Who'd believe it? And um, so the things that we're going to be able to do as church in terms of meeting one another is going to increase. But of course, for some of us, that might feel like a little bit of a challenge. Maybe some of us, we feel a bit more, we feel comfortable indoors. Actually, we kind of like the idea of watching church on YouTube. And for now, an outward showing of physical affection, which Paul really stresses here, and he, and he uses it in his other epistles as well, and Peter, an outward showing of affection right now in the middle of a pandemic is just meeting up with someone, isn't it? And having a conversation with them. Are you with me? And I think that there's a real challenge for us now to push ourselves, even though I, I, I do treat that sensitively because I think that it is, a, it is a challenge for some of us. But the great thing about a, a diverse community working hard for one another in response to the gospel is that we'll work hard to be sensitive with people who may find that more difficult and be patient with them and encouraging as and when we do come out. So that's how it comes together. How about how it stays together? Well, Paul's tone 
really changes now, doesn't it, as he goes into uh, chapters 17 to 19. I'll read them for you and notice the change in tone. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving the Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Well, that seems quite strange, almost like a bit like my coursework. He's kind of copied and pasted from somewhere else into the middle of this passage. And um, it's a, a bit of an odd tone. But actually, when you think about it, it makes complete sense. He's just shown us what, what gives us this, this wonderful church unity that we have. And now he's showing us what could pull that apart. And um, that's the real contrast. Let me show you as well the contrast in the type of people. I, let, I read you some details in between the names of um, what the church is like. Well, listen to this now. Cause divisions. Put obstacles in your way. Not serving our Lord Christ but their own appetites deceive the minds of naive people. It's a completely different type of person, isn't it? And I think there is a challenge for us there. You know, which side of that fence are we on? But there's also a warning for us about false teachers. Now, I don't know what you guys think when someone talks about false teachers. Um, I always have this image of someone kind of arriving in the atrium with like one of those roll-up banners and a trestle table and some some free pens and kind of flogging off to you this, this altered version of Christianity where there's, no, where there's no Jesus. Something a little bit like, yeah, one of, this is actually for my work. One of these roll-up banners. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're in a suit. Um, but actually, of course, it's far, far more subtle than that. We're all exposed to false teaching every day. The devil is far, far more subtle than that. It's more likely to be maybe a conversation at school or at work or maybe even just a, like a meme on Facebook or Twitter. Something like this, perhaps. Atheism, doing good just simply because you are good. They're all kind of altered versions of God, um, like appealing messages. Even Disney kind of raises the idea of the self. You see, this community that Paul shows us, it, it examines inwardly and works outwardly. Whereas secular society these days, it accepts inwardly, and then just rejects outwardly. And that's the message which is coming to us. And if I let me read verse 19b to you again, um, because here he's talking about how we can ward ourselves against that. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. But like, what does that mean? Well, um, the same J.B. Phillips, no relation fellow I mentioned earlier with the handshakes, he, he really summarized this well as well. He translated it down to... Be expert in what is good and not even beginners in what is evil. And so that's the challenge for us. And um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we have a new rector here at St. Mary's who's taken over from September, and it's Rob Phillips, definitely relation. It's our current curate. And, uh, of course, we've chosen Rob through a vigorous process. And the reason we choose that vigorous process is because Rob has the gospel at the heart of what he teaches, and um, we want that at the heart of St. Mary's. So I think there's also there a challenge for us to really get behind Rob. And in fact, we had these books, um, you may remember, that were on sale. And I'm sure we can still get a copy. I can't see Janet. But I mean, I, I got this from the table over there, so I'm sure we can. Um, 
the book your pastor wishes that you would read but is too embarrassed to ask. And that's really just kind of preparing us to, you know, to be with our pastor. Um, that wasn't Rob that requested that, obviously. He would be too embarrassed to ask. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you get the idea. So that's, that's what brings it together. That's what keeps it together. Now, what about how and why it grows? And now I feel like I've forgotten something. Can anyone help me? Thank you. I like that. Paying attention. Thank you. The flag. So, so Christianity is um, culturally adaptable to its surroundings, but the flag reminded us that it is also culturally different. So why is it culturally different? Well, look with me, if you would, at verse 19, um, which says, Everyone has heard of your obedience. Verse 19b. Obedience. And then this last section here, verse 25 through to 27, is they call it a doxology. It's like an amazing, it's an amazing collection of words by Paul, which almost kind of summarizes the whole of Romans. But I just want you to look with me particularly at the beginning and the end of it. 25a. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel. And 25b, so that the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. Establish us so that the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. Obedience, you see, is our gospel response. We've seen that in this series. It's how we keep God at the center. And John Stott, if obedience that comes from faith, in fact, the translation that, my translation is slightly different from the translation that was read. The translation that was read was really good. It was believe and obey. And I find that that works much better for my brain somehow, that we believe and obey. You see, everyone in society, as we see with the memes, everyone is obedient to something. It could be the idea that there's no, good, uh, no God. It could be the idea that, you know, the self, the self-raising of the self, the higher power that we can, we can pick up or put down. Everyone in society is obedient to something. But we believe, don't we, in Jesus' gospel of salvation, and we give our lives to him as a result. You see, you don't join St. Mary's. You join Christ's church, Christ's global church, when you put your trust in him. You just, St. Mary's is just where we choose to live that out. So what does a church look like? It looks like a diverse community working hard for each other, united by the gospel. And there is no greater proof for others to see than that. And all the more chance then that they too will believe and obey with us. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, through Jesus, establishing your global community. And thank you that we are a part of that. And I pray, Heavenly Father, as we go now into a new chapter for St. Mary's, in so many ways, you will help us to believe and obey and to work hard for each other, Heavenly Father, in response to your amazing gospel. In the name of the person on who it's established, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for the questions, everyone. Joe is going to... Be the quiz master, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's that time again.
in our service where we collate the questions that you guys have come up with uh, in response to what we've seen from God's Word. Thank you, John, for taking us through that. Um, So we've um, had quite a few questions come in, praise God. And quite a lot of votes as well. My voting, the voting thing is, is my favorite bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with a nice easy one. Uh, what, what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. Well, apparently quite a lot. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, that, I think that's the point of that program, isn't it? It's to show that actually the Romans have done quite a lot for us. Um, but the Romans church, Roman church certainly has. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get a bit of a kick out of that, actually, thinking that the Roman church is kind of, it really is our church, if you trace down the line of, of church history. Please, someone correct me on that. But I think it pretty much comes from the Roman church and then grows out of Rome, the Catholic church, and then obviously the Reformation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, another joke one. Yes. Um, why can't all those mad names in the passage be translated like John, Peter, and Paul, etc.? I think that is purely to keep our sister Miriam on her toes. <laughs> and didn't she do well? Because I don't actually have to say any of the names. You notice that I've talked about the passage, but I don't have to say a single name. It's too late to submit questions. <laughs> this voting is closed. <laughs> yeah, just in case they ask me to do that. Right, let's get a little more serious. So um, okay. I'm going to collate three questions because they're all related on the same topic of serving and why we serve. Yeah. Um, so questions are, how do we avoid the people who hold obstacles while still loving them as Christ does? Similar question, how do we serve when we don't get along with people? And then a uh, third question, which is more honest, uh, this person says, if I'm honest, there are some things I don't enjoy about church. If there is a need in a certain area of church, should we offer, even if we know we don't or won't enjoy doing it? Yeah. God, good, good, good questions, guys. Really good questions. So the first one was, um, sorry, remind me, the first one was... The first one was, you... um, how do we avoid people that we disagree yeah. with, essentially. Yeah. Those are the first two questions. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. I suppose, because ultimately, we could be getting false teaching from all places, like even, even our friends. How do we avoid our friends? I think just to go back to that passage about it's, it's being ignorant to what is evil, Paul talks elsewhere, really, about making sure that we, we fit in with society. Um, and that is how, how, how we're going to show people, as we've seen, like through um, living the gospel out. That's how we're going to show people in order for them to think, oh, okay. Um, so it's a challenge. Without doubt, it's a challenge. But it doesn't mean avoid them altogether. It definitely doesn't mean avoid them altogether. I think feeding yourself with the Bible and, um, yeah, and Christ's word and surrounding yourself, fellowship with Christians. So like I say, now we come out of the pandemic, making sure you surround yourself with Christians, I think, and speaking to them will really help. Mm. And then question number two was... Question number two is about so like reasons we serve. So if there's things oh, that yeah. we don't enjoy, like you know. yeah, they're very honest, very honest. Thank you. There's things that you don't like about church, and I suppose really when I show you like the churches around the world, like every church does something differently. So we do tend to find churches that kind of suit our personality type. I guess you've got to be a little bit careful with that because, like I said, it's not about what St Mary's can do for me. It's what, not what about Christ's community can do for me. It's about what I can do for it. So I think. Um, really making sure that you keep that at your heart. And yeah, if you get 
Um, if there's something that you don't really like doing, I mean, I think we all have skills and we all have gifts that are given to us by God, so we should serve those gifts. So, for example, if you really, really don't like getting up front, then potentially that isn't for you, unless you have other gifts that really bring you up front. Um, so, uh, if there are areas of church serving that you don't particularly like, it's not necessarily about avoiding them, it's just about playing to your strengths. To be honest with you as well, I think that the church would, would do that as well. Um, Oh, I'm really sorry, Joe. The final question. No, that was that was that was. The was that final. the final one? Yeah, I collated the first two and I okay. gave the synopsis. <laughs> okay, sorry, my memory is awful. That's fine. That was great. That was really helpful. Okay, another, another um, last question. Um, this person says, "It is sad that our country is so divided on race and ethnicity, even though Christianity is a diverse community united by the gospel. How can we preach what you said?" Uh, of love no matter where you're from. Yeah, yeah, that's a real... I mean, I think that by living it out, by being part of that church community, um, yeah, and just having that gospel at your heart, I think that's, that's really the best way to show, to show others and to not kind of join in with the divides. Society at the moment... It's tremendous, really, that it just has this ability to make it seem like it is so diverse, and actually it's still really, really not, and it's, it's still causing divisions. They're still there, and it's so comforting for us to know that like, Christ is you know, he's completely... I mean, there's, there's no racism in heaven, and that's the, that's the glorious truth of it. Um, so, yeah, at least you know, we, can, we can enjoy that. And, yeah, live it out and hold that message true. And I think that that will be a good, really good witness to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you for those helpful words. Um, we had an answer to the first question someone's written in saying, straight roads is something that the Romans gave us. <laughs> Just to finish off. Yeah, straight roads. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, thank, thanks, thanks, John. Guys. Thank you. And thanks for your questions, everyone.